two pussies. This is Ronnie. And this is Lindsay. And this is episode 49. (laughs) We are getting close to episode 52. Dude, it's so (laughs) crazy. Yeah, it's uh, it's wild. And I love that even this close, we're like, I don't know what I'm going to do for episode 52. We have no (laughs) idea. We just know it's going to be awesome. (laughs) Just like this episode. (laughs) Just like all of the episodes. (laughs) Well, we have got a great topic for everyone today. We are going to talk about graveyard dirt. Yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. Want to talk about some dirt. Yeah. <laughs> and keep in with our spooky ooky theme of October and the fall. So there's lots of great things to discuss there and can't wait to get into it. But before we do, Lindsay, how was your week? It was good, dude. I mean, it was just like kind of a regular week. And then I woke up this morning and I had like no Instagram notifications all over the place. And I won a tattoo raffle. Holy shit. It was so cool. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, I'm so psyched. So psyched. But this is with an artist that's across the country, right? Yes. So you're going to have to wait? Is it an indefinite, like, raffle? Well, yeah. I mean, the next time I go to California, I'll, I'll like, you know, schedule cool. a session with him. It's, it's the same guy who's already working on my back. Awesome. It just takes forever because he lives over there and sure. I live over here. Right. And that's a real painful place to get tattoo. It really is. Yeah. The <laughs> flight home is not fun. Oh, God. I didn't even think about the flight home. <laughs> uh, it sucks. It's a super itchy flight home every time. Well, congratulations. I uh, I love that you won something like through Instagram. I've only ever won one thing through an Instagram raffle. Uh, which was a print from an artist I really like, and also a tattoo artist. Oh, cool! Uh, that I really like in uh, in Toronto, but it's fucking awesome to to wake up to that. <laughs> 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 I also want to compliment you on your shirt today, which the listeners Ooh. can't hear, but we're getting like into the like the fall kind of like some nostalgia feelings, especially with COVID and the fact that we can't fucking travel. And you have the World's End Underground t-shirt on that Engineer Dan and I brought back from London last year. I do. And it's a baller shirt for a baller place. It's one of my favorite shirts. It did shrink in this really weird way. I guess British shirts shrink differently than American shirts because usually they shrink like up so so that it's not like not long enough. Especially if you're tall like I am and have a long torso. It turns into kind of a belly shirt. This one (laughs) shrunk in the weirdest way where it went in uh-huh. instead of up, which is great because I still have the length, but then I it make it gave me these teeny tiny little shoulders. <laughs> so I just cut the I just cut the, the sleeves off. If and I, now it's awesome. If I may hop in on the t-shirt front, serendipitously I am also wearing a shirt that we bought in London on that very same trip. Yeah. It's, it's a voodoo rays pizza shirt. And it says to heaven to oh fold. Their pizza was so good. And my shirt shrunk in the exact same way it did it did dude it's it's british we're, we're gonna triple down on this although not purchased on the trip i am tri- tri- two triple whatever i am also wearing a british t-shirt <laughs> uh, i'm wearing a british strong style black on black t-shirt that was purchased from pete dunn who is an nxt uk wrestler that i love um in support of black lives matters and 
uh, it also shrunk in the exact same way. (laughs) So I purposely bought a large knowing it would shrink that way from both of your experiences. And now it fits perfect. And I love it. (laughs) We we, three of us, same brain. Yep. (laughs) Same brain. (laughs) Let that be a lesson to you, dear listener. If you are buying a T-shirt from the UK and you're like, that looks really long in the torso. No, it's perfect. That's that's fair enough. <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> well, I have a little update for everyone. Ooh. Last week, last week? I think it was last week that we talked about Django whapping engineer Dan on the head. Yeah. <laughs> uh well, this week I finally got my wish. I'm about to go to bed. Like an old person at like 9.30. <laughs> and Django is stretched out on my side of the bed where my feet would go. I'm like, well, fuck. And so I'm like, okay, I'm just going to crawl into Engineer Dan's side of the bed. And maybe if I don't look at him and he doesn't look at me, we could both be in the bed at the same time. <laughs> How'd that work out? Successful. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I'm laying there <laughs> stiff as a board. <laughs> like, don't move. And then, of course, I'm tired, so I'm fidgety. I get really like anxiously fidgety when I'm sleepy. And like fighting going to bed. So then I start moving around and Django is like, oh, something's under the blanket. And it immediately shot me back to when he was a kitten and he used to chase our feet under the blankets Aww. and like attack them viciously. Aww. To the point that more than once he bit hard enough that we were like punted him off the bed out of reflex (laughs) because it fucking hurts. (laughs) So I was like, okay, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want him. So I got to keep my feet still. I don't want him like biting me because he's a big boy now with big boy teeth, not cute little kitten teeth. (laughs) So uh, I didn't want to kick him off the bed. So I was like, all right, I'll stop moving around. But. I have to be comfortable, and that means I, I, I'm a side sleeper or a belly sleeper, so I was like, all right, I'm going to slowly move to my side of the bed, and I ended up on my side with Django down by my feet, so I had my like knees curled up sort of like side fetal position, and Django g- didn't give a single fuck. He like looked at me while I was moving. And then he was all stretched out on his side. And then he put his little like arms out over the edge of the bed, put his head on them, went, <sighs> and rolled away from me. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he's like, I'm oh over it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I am so proud of him. He's, he's becoming such a brave boy. He's, so, he's such a brave boy. And, and he, yeah, he was just like, he was like, I'm over it. I want to be sleeping here. And you're going to be sleeping there. Okay, fine. And I don't, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes later, Kenway came in to the bedroom and he was all like, hey, come hang out with me. So Django stretched, got up, didn't run down in terror, just like got up, went to say hi to Kenway. And then Kenway jumped on the bed and jumped up on the headboard. And the look on Django's face was like, you shithead. <laughs> I got up for nothing. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like I feel like we've I don't know. There's just been like a recent new chapter with Django where. He's just like, yeah, I guess we're all going to have to live together in this space. Oh, <laughs> oh I can't oh. wait until he lets me give him a chin scratch. I bet we can accomplish that later today. Maybe. We'll, we'll have to see and we'll report back. But I think, I think you can accomplish that. Some snacks. He likes the snacks. Well, he doesn't. He does, but he doesn't like to be scratched when he's snacked. Uh, um, but they, when he's already laying down, 
I have much more success just walking over and petting him oh. because he's like kind of cornered and he, then he has to decide, is it worth me getting up and running away <laughs> or is she just going to be done in a second <laughs> and then I can keep sleeping here? <laughs> awesome. But yeah, we'll have to give that a try and then report back. Yeah, dude, totally. Let's, uh, before we forget, let's light our ritual candle. Awesome. I've got the... We don't have the matches right now. <laughs> I think we can't find them, but I have a lighter. Here we go. This is the the problem with reorganizing like my witch hutch and everything like that is that everything gets moved around and we're like, cool. I know I know I have them. I had them last week. <laughs> They're somewhere. <laughs> it happens. Anything with a flame is fine. <laughs> Well, awesome. Uh, I guess we'll take a little break and come right on back to talk about some graveyard dirt. Yeah, we'll get dirty. (laughs) (laughs) See you soon, witches. Welcome back. Thanks, man. All right. (laughs) Let's get down to it. We're going to talk about graveyard dirt today. Yeah. And I think that this fits with our spooky theme because it's graveyards. And also taking things from a graveyard is kind of weird and creepy. Yes. But it's also, uh, I think, an important tool in the, the magical repertoire to be aware of. So I think... You know, you and I, uh, Lindsay, both really like graveyards, <laughs> and I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but you know, I think ge- in general, graveyards are really powerful places, and there's so much to them that like conjure up ideas and feelings and different people. Whether you're practicing witch, witch curious, or just listening to the podcast because it's fun, uh, you know, there there is some inherent power to a graveyard. They're spooky. They're peaceful. They can be mysterious. They're well landscaped usually, so they're very beautiful. But there's also a level of like respect and closeness and and love and memories and anger and fear and sadness. All of these things sort of come around with a graveyard. And more than anything, the act of burying someone, whether it's in a graveyard or whatever is ritualistic. So inherently, even if it's a very, um, you know, sort of traditional um, theological graveyard burial, it's still inherently powerful. And you can harness that in your magic. And I think that, you know, it's important to understand all of those things when you're talking about and thinking about using graveyard dirt in your magic as a spell component or as a ritual tool, however you end up using it. But, you know, really thinking about where these things come from. The same way we do like, when we're, you know, smoking a herb or, you know, giving thanks to something, you know, where does it come from and, and what does that mean? Uh, we're going to, you know, go through all of those things, but this isn't a new tradition like using graveyard dirt is a very old tool uh, and very powerful tool and there are super old texts of ancient Egypt uh, Egyptians where 
they used graveyard dirt or and sometimes bones as well um, for curses and necromancy. Now, curses and necromancy aren't really my jam. <laughs> as much as I love zombie <laughs> horror movies, <laughs> I don't want to bring something or uh, back from the dead. And I'll commune with the spirit that's already here, but I'm not going to conjure one. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's great. Good for the ancient Egyptians. But it's also, especially here in the U.S., um, it's a really powerful tool in New Orleans voodoo hoodoo. And I know that that's not exactly witchcraft, but it is magic and it is a very powerful tool for them. And a lot of the way that they have used graveyard dirt throughout their traditions has been translated, um, adopted into other forms of magic as well. So uh, you know, I think it's important to pay some homage to where these things come from and just to recognize that there's many forms of magic, whether you call it witchcraft or not, and graveyard dirt is a big part of this. So um, traditionally, you'll see a lot of things where they're mixing it with stuff. It's not just graveyard dirt all on its own, and I will say, Voodoo Hoodoo is a entire series of episodes unto itself. And so we do have plans. We have a couple of folks in mind to talk to um, about that. But as it relates to graveyard dirt, there's a couple of different ways you can use it. Um, they, uh, they tend to use it in like a small dish on the altar. Uh, but most commonly in their practice, it's used in magical powders. In one particular called goofer dust. And I'm sorry, but I had to mention it because it was called Goofer <laughs> Dust. And it made me think of Nimbus, who is Aww. now making his own graveyard dirt. He sure is. So uh, they can, like practitioners of voodoo hoodoo, will often make Goofer Dust with many different components. So graveyard dirt is one of the many things that goes into it. It also uses things like snakeskin or ash, salt, sulfur, uh, all of those types of things that grind it up together, make a dust out of it. And then they use it in things like justice spells or throwing it at a neighbor's door to get rid of a troublesome neighbor, along with many other things. That's like a high level flyby on that <laughs> ritual. Uh, but there's a lot of like cool stuff. And it's a very, again, it's the importance of graveyard dirt in magic workings is a very old tradition uh, that isn't isn't a new pagan thing. It isn't a new Wiccan thing. It's a very deep seated, rooted tradition because death is a powerful thing and graveyards and and the spirit of somebody or something is is powerful in and of itself and there's ways to use that appropriately in your magic wow wow dude <laughs> 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 I spent a lot of time thinking about this. At first, I, I got to be honest. At first, it was like, I, this is a spooky topic. And then the more that I read about it, the more I was like, no, this is like a powerful thing. And and there's a reason I've always been drawn to a graveyard. And what does that mean? And how like like how do I use that? You know, in in my thought process, in my rituals, in my magic, and that sort of thing going forward. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> look, at all, <laughs> look at all this information. <laughs> There's so much. There's so much going on in that veil between life and death. So this is a really cool tool. So you might be thinking... I, you know, I have the spell work that I want to do and I've, I've looked something up or I've like developed it and you're like, crap, 
I need some graveyard dirt for the spell. I guess I'll just like go to the local cemetery and look for it, right? I mean, you could do that, or you could you can like order it too. I wouldn't order <laughs> it. It's, I think it's such a bad idea because like you really don't know where that's coming from. We, I think we were both pretty surprised that you could buy graveyard dirt. Yeah, from and, Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's one thing to go in like we're here in the Massachusetts area, go to Salem and like go to a witch shop and buy you know a little baggie of graveyard dirt from you know one of the many shops there. That feels still a little weird but less weird than ordering it online from Walmart of all places. Yeah. I mean, I I would probably still go and get my own. I would too. But I'm always a DIY. So. Yeah, I am too. And but there is like a right and wrong way of of going about this. There really is. So I can't just take a Ziploc baggie and scoop some dirt. Well, you can. That, that and that's part of it. But like first you need to be able to choose the correct grave. So I think that maybe the best thing to do is to, if you can, if you have the ability to, is to, like, choose the grave of somebody that you knew in life. Somebody that was close to you, somebody that you had a positive connection with. Dirt from the grave of this person can be used for love, it can be used for protection, it can be used for guidance, or it can be used for any other positive kind of magic. Another way to go about choosing your graveyard dirt is to choose the grave of somebody that you know of. Uh, like, for example, if you wanted to ignite some creativity in your life and you were doing some spell work on that, you can go to a grave of like an artist or a writer that you admire. If you're looking for justice for something, you can like go to the grave of like a judge or somebody who might you know help you deliver justice. If you're looking to do like a spell for money or prosperity, go to the grave of, you know, like that wealthy guy in town who everybody <laughs> who everybody knew and who did a lot of good for the community or like to the grave of a banker or something like that. You get the picture. Another way, and this is like probably not something I would do, but maybe I would. I don't know. I don't know, I guess I could see myself doing that. Is just to like go to the cemetery. And let your energy guide you. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and I, I can see uses for everything because, you know, maybe you don't have, maybe you're not close to like where family members and, and that sort of thing have been buried. Like most of my family is buried in Nova Scotia. I don't live there. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so that wouldn't really help me. And there's some prominent graves for sure in the area. Absolutely. But... I love the idea of just sort of letting your intuition guide you. I mean, you really I guess you really got to be careful what if you get a male malevolent spirit or something like yeah. that. But we've had fun going and walking through graveyards and just sort of seeing what the what the vibe was and what your intuition said and Absolutely. Feelings are definitely had in in graveyards and I think that that's something that if you trust your own intuition, you can definitely let that guide you. But first, you need to understand that you're not just going to a cemetery and grabbing some dirt. You are actually trying to get a spirit to aid you in whatever your purpose is. So you have to ask for permission first. And it, you know, it probably is going to feel weird. You're going to go into <laughs> this graveyard and you're going to go up to this grave and you're going to be like, 
hey, is it cool? Like, is it cool if I take a little of this? Would you be willing to help me? You have to do it. You can't just take. Consent is important. It is. If you start getting the heebie-jeebies after you ask, or if you get like that nauseous feeling that I get in, you know, sometimes, or like, or if, if something just feels off, that's probably them telling you to kick rocks. <laughs> so try another one. Come back later. <laughs> <laughs> Or just try another one. (laughs) Um, Second, and this is something that I say a lot. If you are taking something, you also have to leave something. I remember, I don't, so I don't remember what the first thing that we did was like spell wise, but I remember the first time you told me to leave something like specifically, like you've taken from the garden, you have to put something back. And I had never really heard of or considered that before. Um, You had shared that with me. This was, I don't know, probably a year ago now. Yeah, I don't remember what it was either. But I remember you were like, you know, we'll just bury a coin in your garden and that'll be fine. But for graveyards, what are you leaving behind? I mean, you can do coins. Coins, I always have coins and I never use them. So (laughs) coins is a big thing for me. It is something of value. And the the dead want to get paid too. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> I I like the idea of leaving something of value. Yeah. Or it doesn't have to be a value. In a cemetery, it can be flowers. Yeah. Or you can bring a potted plant. In fact, if you bring flowers, it's probably going to look less weird than if you bring <laughs> anything else. Uh, when we were doing the research for this episode, uh, I was immediately... Uh, drawn to the thought of all those rocks that we saw on top of the yeah. tombstones when we went to that graveyard, um, the Grace Church graveyard in Providence. And and I was like, well, I think that that's like, it's an acknowledgement of like a, a thank you, right? Yeah. Like it, it's an offering. Cool. I think it would even be cool to like paint a little stone Aww. and bring it there because you're giving away a little bit, a little something of yourself. Oh, I really like that idea. Yeah. If you knew the person who's, you know, dirt graveyard dirt you're taking then you can leave them something that you know that they liked in life like a a cookie or some licorice or something yeah dude totally cool totally another thing to keep in mind is that you you really usually only need a little bit of dirt like you don't need to bring a shovel and a, a like yes. five gallon bucket. And, That's and you look like a grave robber. Dirt. Yeah, you don't. You usually don't. Like usually a handful is all you really need. So bring like a knife. You can use a ritual knife. You can use a butter knife if you think that the ground isn't too hard. You can use whatever. And then cut away the sod and then from underneath the sod scoop out a little bit of dirt put it in a baggie put it in a jar you know whatever in that tiny little hole you made you know if you're offering small enough you can tuck it away in the hole and then make sure you replace the sod so you know it looks undisturbed that's awesome yeah and then when all is said and done make sure that you thank the spirit of the grave who you just took from i think that's really important now i am I'm immediately like, oh shit, I know exactly what grave I want to go to. <laughs> but I'm I'm kind of curious. Um, you know, I know, you know, you mentioned it really depends on the intent of the use of the dirt and, you know, then choosing uh what grave you're going to to take from or ask if you can take from it. But can this be, you know, what do you think? Like 
people, animals? Like, does it matter? Probably. I, I mean, I'm not entirely sure. I've never used graveyard dirt and spell work before, but I assume like if it's if it's a lost pet, for example, and you want to like put some protection on your home, then sure, why not? Yeah, I was just I, I only thought of it because we have our own little pet cemetery in yeah. the backyard, and you know we've been fixing it up and that sort of thing, and it's like, oh well, that's kind of cool. Like we've got you know graveyard dirt right there. I don't know that I'd call it a graveyard though. Well, well, I mean, it kind of is. But here's the thing is that I don't know if the ground needs to be consecrated in order for it to be considered graveyard dirt. Yeah, I didn't see anything in my reading about specifically consecrating the ground or anything like that. And I suppose it would depend on your own personal beliefs, whether you're a theistic witch or not. Right. And and what your like, you know, relationship with that is. For me, you know, the idea of like blessing uh, a grave with you know mugwort and her bundles and that sort of thing is just as powerful as having a priest in a like in a city mandated graveyard kind of thing I agree so. I agree I think that the energy is still there and if if you feel that it's going to work for your purpose then that's what you should use cool yeah Whose grave would you rob from? <laughs> I'm going to call it grave robbing because it's fun. <laughs> I mean, I guess it would depend on what I was going to do. Like, I don't really know if there's a one-size-fits-all graveyard dirt sort of I don't, situation. I agree. I don't think there is. Um, I think it really depends on what you're using it for. I mean, I guess, honestly, I, if I would probably get it from an animal's grave, too, Aww. just because I like them better and fair than people, usually. <laughs> I think when it's safe, there is a trip back to Providence in our future so that I can cut up a little piece of sod from H.P. Lovecraft's grave and scoop some dirt. Awesome. I'd probably go to Concord and scoop some from Louisa May Alcott's grave because I think she was pretty rad. That's also fucking dope. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet. Well... All of you listeners contemplate what grave you want to go scooping from. We're going to take a little break and we'll be right on back. Totally. See you in a sec, witches. Okay. All right. So what if you're not near a graveyard or... You're like, bitches, we are not digging up a graveyard. (laughs) Because I guess this is the point where we should say, you know, like, we don't condone going and messing up somebody else's good time in a graveyard. Like, you know, you need to be respectful of especially mourners that are in a graveyard. And you need to be a little, a little secretive, a little, like, a little quiet, a little respectful about it. But, you know, we're not saying, like... Again, don't take a trowel or a shovel and go dig up somebody's grave. Like, this is private or public property, but it is disrespectful to just mess up someone's grave. So, don't be doing that. But, if you want to do it right, and just, you know, be quiet about it, be respectful about it, be thankful, ask permission, all of those good things, then there's a correct way to do it. But in the end, if you're still like, ah, it just gives me the heebie-jeebies, man. Like, I just don't want to. And it doesn't feel right for you and your practice. But, man, that spell still calls for it. What are you supposed to do? 
there's some other there's some other things you can use. True. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna uh, full disclaimer here. Uh, I didn't know this first one was a plant. <laughs> so the most common um alternative to graveyard dirt in a spell so if it calls for graveyard dirt and you're like "Mm -mm," the most common use uh is patchouli leaf and so here we go i didn't know this is a bushy herb i thought it was a smell So cute. <laughs> like I patchouli is like it's a fragrance for me. Like it's it's the way my Aunt Judy's soap smelled. It's the smell of hippie shops. Like I didn't realize this was a singular plant derived scent. I thought it was sort of like like dragon's blood incense all smells the same. And it's just a mixture of spices. Kind of like musk. Like that's yeah. like vanilla musk is a scent kind of thing. And I just, yeah, I had no idea that patchouli is an actual plant. So it is. It's a, a bushy herb. It's native to Asia. And it is the most traditional substitute uh, for graveyard dirt. So I'm guessing you can buy it dried. <laughs> you probably can. You probably uh, totally can. So, yeah, you learn something every episode. <laughs> <laughs> Another alternative or substitute that you can use is coffee grounds. And I couldn't really find much on this and why it's used as a substitute. People do say that the better the quality of the coffee, the better the results. Honestly, if it were me using coffee grounds instead of graveyard dirt, I'm going to buy one of those big cans of Folgers (laughs) and just use that because I think it's less about the quality and more about what you put into it. All right, fair. I think I would go the opposite. I would treat it like my graveyard dirt. And I would, rather than just getting any old coffee grounds, I would like hand select... Uh, a particular like type of coffee or place that I like buy it from and doesn't mean it has to be like the fanciest schmanciest like shortage coffee ever like what like whatever but it needs to for me have some sort of significance or purpose so maybe I would buy a bag of coffee or some coffee grounds from my favorite coffee shop or something like that yeah totally fair I think you can go either way with it yeah yeah Uh, similar to that is cinnamon So ground cinnamon can be used in place of graveyard dirt in spells and magical powders. And uh, there are, probably unbeknownst to a lot of folks, two types of cinnamon. Oh, yeah. I totally (laughs) thought that cinnamon was just cinnamon. Yeah. So there are a lot of different plants that... Uh, all fall under the genus of cinnamon, essentially. There's a fancy Latin word for that, but I'm not going to try it. It's cinnamon. Now... They come from different places in in their growing atmosphere, and they also have different colors and different flavors. So there's no right or wrong here. I think most folks are just going to go to the store and buy a jar of cinnamon, and that's totally fine. And if you're doing that, it just says cinnamon on the jar or on the baggie, then you're probably buying cassia cinnamon, which is um, typically from China or the Philippines, um, Taiwan, anything outside of Sri Lanka, which is where the other type of cinnamon, which I'll talk about in a sec, comes from. But cassia cinnamon is that sort of stronger, spicier, rusty red cinnamon. The other version um, is sort of the quote-unquote true cinnamon cinnamon. 
comes from Sri Lanka, is called uh, Ceylon cinnamon, and it is lighter in flavor. It has a more citrusy note, and the color is more of a, almost sort of like a golden brown as opposed to that sort of deep rust red. Oh. So I suppose if you wanted to like put some meaning into it, maybe it depends on what you're using the cinnamon for what the graveyard dirt would be used for in its spell. Maybe you want a lighter, citrusy, happier, more floral, bright kind of feeling. And then on other occasions, maybe you want like a really strong, spicy, powerful feeling. I don't know. Yeah, it's your cinnamon sense. and it's your spell. <laughs> so <laughs> you you figure it out. But there's there's a couple types there. Coolio. One more. We've got one more. One more little alternative. And that is... Dun, dun, dun. Mullen. Mullen! One of our favorites, <laughs> a.k.a. Graveyard Dust. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> this sweet, fuzzy, fluffy, powdery white little plant grows all over graveyards. Yep. All <laughs> over them. It also likes like uh, like shallow, sandy soil. Super easy to get your hands on it. Yeah, it it grows everywhere. I actually just uh, ground up the mullen that I harvested during the summer solstice. Oh, nice. Uh, and put it in a little jar for later use. But yeah, it, it grows everywhere, side of the roads, graveyards. So if you yeah. go to a graveyard, what a great alternative. You don't want to dig up some dirt or disturb a grave. Maybe it just doesn't feel right. Grab a mullen leaf instead. Yeah. It's super fluffy and soft once you, it's like dried and you grind it up too. It's really pretty. Yeah, it's it is. It's very pretty and it's great. So, you've decided whether you're going to use actual dirt from a grave or maybe a plant alternative. But now you're ready. You've got your shit. What do you do with it? There are so many things you can do with it. All right, strap in. So, <laughs> so many. many. <laughs> <laughs> First thing I've got, you can use it in Samhain rituals. You can use it in your Samhain rituals to honor and include the departed. Use some dirt from the grave of an ancestor that you loved and trusted and sprinkle it around the perimeter of your circle. You know, maybe that ancestor will be there to protect your circle. Or maybe they'll just be involved in some way. But either way, cool idea. That is cool. I like that. Uh, another very sort of similar use is communicating with the dead. So um, if there's a particular tool that you use in your practice to communicate with the dead, maybe it's doing a tarot read, maybe it's a Ouija board, maybe it's something else, um, whatever is special to you, you can uh, essentially take some graveyard dirt, put it in a little bag, and bury it with the tool for a full moon cycle. So bury it on a new, uh, uh, sorry, on a full moon, and then when the new moon comes around, dig it up and do the reading. So it's sort of bringing the energy of maybe the person or being that you want to communicate with into the tool, and giving it some time to manifest and transfer that energy, and then hopefully you're speaking with them. Cool. It can also be used in crossroads magic, which is like kind of its own thing. But, you know, say you're at a point where you have to decide between two paths in life. So you go and you stand at a crossroads and then you designate each path to represent one of your choices. Eventually, 
you make your decision. And once you make your decision, start walking down that path and sprinkle the graveyard dirt behind you. And that will help to seal off any second thoughts that you have. And then once you do that, once you sprinkle that graveyard dirt and, and seal off those second thoughts, just keep walking down that path. Walk away. Don't look back. I love that. I had never heard of Crossroads Magic until we did some reading for this episode. And I I feel like maybe in the future there will be a Crossroads Magic episode because so cool. Yeah, that'll be fun. Also, very pertinent to me, in the garden. So uh, this is the perfect time of year to do this. In the fall, you take some graveyard dirt and you sprinkle it in your garden to honor the cycle of life because... Um, death isn't the end. It's giving birth to new beginnings. So very pertinent to sort of the idea of like compost and the garden. And, you know, now we're, we've harvested everything. We're tilling, you know, dead plants back into the soil to give it fresh life, but also add in a little graveyard dirt in there. And it basically encourages the dead um, to come back to life or start the cycle again um, next growing season. Oh, I love that little sentiment. I, I might actually do that one. I kind of dig that. I think you should. I think you should. Protection spells is a big thing. We ask spirits for protection when we use graveyard dirt in, in certain spell work. Protection spells are no different. So it can be used to protect you or your home or somebody else. You should probably use dirt from the grave of a loved one. But if that's not possible, you can go with a grave that you get good vibes from, too. Just make sure that, you know, you really feel like it's good vibes. So then you're going to make a mixture of the dirt with some sea salt. And and as you're mixing it, you want to you want to state your intention. Call on the protection of the graveyard dirt and state that as it guards the passageway between life and death, so does it offer the same to whatever it is you're trying to protect. After you do this, you can sprinkle it in a circle around your home. You can sprinkle it on top of somebody that you want to have that protection. You can sprinkle it on top of yourself and you want to keep repeating your intentions as you're doing this or and this is what I would probably do sprinkle it on a candle let the candle burn all the way down let it burn out on its own and after that the spell is done I love that yeah make sure to do it on a full moon too oh all right (laughs) very similar to the crossroads and and the garden idea is this sort of Uh, new beginnings. So spell work with new beginnings is a great place for graveyard dirt. And again, that idea of like death giving way to life and the new cycle or the circle or the wheel, whatever you use in your practice to sort of symbolize that um, starting again. So maybe you're trying to have a new beginning, whether it's a new relationship, a new home, a new career path, a new a new friendship, a new, like you're breaking a habit. You're, you're not going to smoke anymore. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to pity yourself anymore. Whatever it might be. If there's a new beginning in your life, you take a symbol from something that you're done with, something from the past, that old cycle, and you bury it with graveyard dirt. And again, very similar to that crossroads, it cuts off that tie. It says, you know, this is, the dead, the past, and it has no place here, my present, my future, as I start my cycle again. 
and it gives you a chance to have a fresh new beginning. I'm going to piggyback off of that new beginnings and mention that graveyard dirt can be used at the end of a a, like a romantic relationship. So you've broken things off with this person that you were with and you want a little closure. So the thing to do is to take like, you know, gifts or mementos from that relationship and then you want to burn them in a fire. So you burn them and then you put the fire out with the graveyard dirt. You're going to need a lot of graveyard dirt to put out (laughs) this fire. This is where like that giant can of Folgers may come in handy. (laughs) Oh shit, you know, I was just thinking, we just told people not to take a shovel. (laughs) But you're right, a giant can of Folgers would be perfect. Yeah. That smell of burnt coffee is enough to turn anyone off of that past relationship. (laughs) Done. Probably you're sitting, you know, in your car or at home, wherever you're listening to this and being like, yeah, but what about actually honoring the dead? And I think that that is probably one of the more common uses of graveyard dirt is for mourning. So um, similar to keeping ashes or that sort of thing, but keeping a little jar or a bag of graveyard dirt um, from a loved one's grave um, as as a sort of memento, uh, an honor to their memory. Maybe you keep it on your altar. And as we've discussed in past episodes, an altar can be anywhere. So if it's a actual magical altar, awesome. If it's just a place in your home that's special to you, maybe like on top of your TV stand or um, creepily by side of your bed, whatever is <laughs> whatever is important to you, uh, you can during that period of mourning keep a little a little piece of that graveyard dirt, a little piece of that person or pet's energy with you. Graveyard dirt can also be used in coven rituals, usually to signify like an end of the era, uh, an end of an era in the coven's history, maybe like a change in leadership or even like members of that coven of a larger coven branching off into a smaller group. Oh, cool. That's awesome. This is a little different. So in doing the reading for this episode, we learned that you can use graveyard dirt in acquiring a new talent, which I thought was dope. It, <laughs> it was dope. It was, <laughs> it was like, oh, what? Wait, what? <laughs> but cool. So the idea here is that the dirt that somebody is buried in absorbs their energies. So if you believe, especially in reincarnation and that sort of thing, that your spirit and your energy doesn't die, whether it's you get reincarnated to something else or just you have energy that lives on past your conscious life, then that energy has to go somewhere. And the thought behind this is that it goes into the dirt. So you can use the graveyard dirt that has absorbed the energy or a quality of a person that you admire and use it in a spell. And I'm going to walk through this spell because, again, I was really into this one. That's where the HP Lovecraft thing comes from. Nice. <laughs> so we're going to use old Lovecraft as an example here. You know, I'm really inspired by their creative writing, their talent, their love of horror, etc., would love to manifest some of that and grow my own talents in it. 
whatever it is to you, maybe it's somebody's patience or somebody's listening ability or, you know, their, uh, their love for nature, whatever it is that you want to grow inside of yourself, you gather some dirt from their grave and you hold this dirt in your hands visualize this person or the quality or the talent. So maybe if it's somebody you know, you know, you're envisioning them and memories that made you happy. If it's somebody you don't know but know of, maybe you're thinking about your favorite experience with their works, whatever it might be. But as you're holding this dirt, you're sort of seeing the dirt and their quality and their talent as a form of energy of itself. Maybe you'll experience a little a little magic in doing that. There'll be something like a temperature change or a little tingling in your fingers. And if not, that's okay. Don't freak out. <laughs> like you may or may not experience something like that. But when you're ready, you mix the dirt with some water and then you draw a word or a symbol on your body. So a little body painting. And that word or symbol can be totally up to you. And it should be something that is related to the individual and the talent that you want to manifest. So maybe if I was doing HP Lovecraft, I'd draw a Cthulhu monster on my belly. Cool. (laughs) Um, Or some tentacles down my arm or something like that. And you leave it overnight, sleep with it, and rinse it off in the morning. And the thought there is that you've transferred that person's energy to yourself. Uh, Most effective, again, on a full moon is what it says, but... I think either either way, whenever you do this, if you're really into it and this is something that like you're like, all right, I'm hyped to do this. I think it's going to be cool no matter when you do it. Yeah, I agree. Oh, I'm, I really like that. I'm super glad you shared that. That's really <laughs> There was the coolest. Really like, neat. There's some beautiful things to do with graveyard dirt. That was by far the the coolest, weirdest one for me. I'm like, I'll paint myself with somebody's grave dirt. <laughs> I have one more. Graveyard dirt can be used to bind two people together. Now, (laughs) I always think binding is a bad idea. I've seen different types of bindings backfire terribly. And in the case of binding yourself to another person, probably just don't do it. I think you're going to regret it. There are ways to reverse the spell work, but they are not always effective. So if you do decide to use graveyard dirt or anything else to bind yourself to another person, please, please proceed with caution. Now, I could tell you how to perform this binding, but I'm choosing not to because I really don't think it's a good idea. I really don't. It can backfire. Things can get really bad. If you feel like you need to do it, this is something you can look up on your own. You will probably need some graveyard dirt for it. There are probably other ways to do it, but please just consider not doing it choose what's right for for you and your path for us here with 5c2p binding's not our jam so you've used your graveyard dirt and you've done your spells and this is a great point to just remind you that you know when you're done 
you should still give thanks. I know you've given thanks for the dirt when you've taken it, but whether it's a sort of outward, like, yo, thank you, out loud, whether it's a, like, uh, another little offering um, on your altar of maybe some food or coin or something like that, or just a quiet internal monologue. You know, you, you woke up, you rinsed off that Cthulhu belly, and, you know, like, just, you know, take a minute to, like, internalize the fact that you've used some dirt from from a soul's grave to manifest your magic, and that means something, and it should. It should mean something to you. So, um, so giving thanks never hurts. Sweet. Well, that is graveyard dirt. <laughs> I had such a good time with this one. Yeah, it was. There was a lot more to it than I think either of us expected when we were like, "Yeah, let's do let's do graveyard dirt." That sounds spooky, <laughs> and we both learned a lot. Patchouli is a plant. Who knew? <laughs> um, but we'll take another quick little break, and we'll come right on back. With an update from Panda Corner! Yes! I'm so excited! Panda! Yeah! See you so soon, witches. Welcome back! It is time for Panda Corner! Panda Corner! Update from Engineer Dan on pandas. Panda Corner? (laughs) We need a Panda Corner song. I was just thinking that. Make some honking noises. (laughs) Yeah, in true panda fashion, Panda Corner's tune would definitely be any sound a panda does not make. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like Panda Corner's uh, intro song should be some sort of like scat or something like some like where it like makes sense but only to the person doing it (laughs) and a few select listeners that are like this is my jam (laughs) (laughs) nice nice can we talk about the nate like let's remind new listeners what it means to be a panda all right great idea they are contrarian creatures they are carnivores that eat a almost strictly vegetarian diet I encourage you guys to go on YouTube and watch videos of pandas eating carrots and watermelon. <laughs> it's about, I mean, if I if I had jacked into the panda cam, I would play some audio right now. We've done that in previous episodes. I, it's really, really enjoyable. But pandas are the Criterion bear. They're cute. They're vicious. But they're mostly cute. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're social, but they live alone. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. yep. They're adorable. So well, I have an update on the Smithsonian Zoo's panda cub. Yay! Woo! So our little panda cub, our little buddy, has gotten a uh, has gotten a veterinary exam. Oh, we're just under three pounds. Oh, oh my god, that's so big. Pretty big. Yeah, we're coming in. We're coming in hot. Aww. We're we're healthy. We make. We slept through most of the exam. This panda cub. And oh it's my god! Super adorable because that's what the vets reported. But what the panda was actually doing was just with its eyes closed, monitoring. <laughs> Pandas are awake when they're asleep by their nature. <laughs> <laughs> now I predicted that our our panda cub was going to be a lady, and the DNA results have been tabulated. Here's what we know: pandas are genderless in nature because they are the contrarian. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> we might have a female-bodied 
male panda, and we might have a male-bodied <laughs> female panda on our hands. All right. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> what we do have, 100%, unequivocally, is a healthy, happy baby panda. Usually they're born in sets. This one was born by itself, so this one is definitely the is is going to be is going to grow up to be. It's an alpha panda. It, it's going to grow up to be a a witchy panda. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we're dealing with right now, folks. Awesome! I can't wait for them to officially name it, so that we can start talking about it in in terms of its name and not just the baby panda. <laughs> in a world where pandas are what they eat. I'm going to name this panda Carrot Bamboo Sugar Cube Cinnamon Spice. <laughs> I love it. So many middle names. <laughs> All those are first names because it's panda. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you very much, Engineer Dan. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> awesome. Well, we are almost to the end of episode 49. Counting ourselves down to episode 52 where we hit our one-year anniversary. We'll have something super awesome. We haven't figured out what it is yet. But <laughs> if you have been listening, or maybe this is your first time checking us out, we did a little mail thing for September and in October. If you want to get a tarot reading done virtually by yours truly, Witch Ronnie, uh, I am happy to do so. How do you do that? Well, first of all, you donate to a cause of your choice. There is no donation amount too big or too small, whatever you can afford, because we totally get it. Shit's hard right now. And if you can afford 20 bucks, cool. And if you can afford $2, equally cool. Whatever you want to give to a charity of your choice. Um, we love animal charities and Black Lives Matters and things like the Trevor Project. But whatever is important to you, uh, that's totally fine by us. Send a little picture of like, yo, you donated. Great. Uh, and DM me. You can reach us at 5C2PPod on Instagram or 5C2PPod at Gmail. If you're not an Instagram user, that's totally cool. And we'll set up a time. I'll, I'll write you back. We'll correspond and figure out what is best for both of us. I'll walk you through what to expect. Maybe this is your first time getting a tarot reading, and I'll walk you through everything. What to expect, what to do, what not to do, and how it's going to go. We'll set up a time, and I'll do a personalized reading just for you. So cool. Yeah, it'll be fun. I'm excited. I, ho <laughs> I hope some folks uh, decide to, to join us in this. It'll be a new experience for me as well, doing a virtual reading, but I think it'll be worth it. And I love doing readings for other people and have a deck just for that. So it's it's ready. It's waiting. It's October. Why the fuck not? Yeah. You lucky people, <laughs> you. You're in for a treat. <laughs> and you get to see my face. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, until next week, hang in there. Be cool. Do witchy stuff. But most of all, remember, no pervs. No Nazis. Totally.